This recording was brought to you by Media One Audio Visual. To learn more about us, visit us online at MediaOneAudio.com. Hello, everybody. I'm Roger Lynn, and this is the panel on uh, radical new musical instruments. And uh, what I mean by that is um, uh, these are the. Uh, in my estimation anyway, the first instruments that are actually of sufficient quality to be able to capture the very subtle uh, gestures of uh, the human hands and human fingers uh, and be polyphonically, polyphonic at the same time. That is to say, capture the very subtle gesture of each finger um, simultaneously. There were some things all, all, uh, all the way through the 70s uh, from Yamaha and from uh, uh, Kai and other vendors that um, that were able to do um, wind controllers, for example, that were very expressive. They would play one note at a time. But there's, um, and we've seen many different keyboard synthesizers that were able to play many notes at a time and synthesis, but they all sounded kind of boring. Uh, you know, they always made things sound very static and, and, um, and not really very interesting. And, and I think uh, the, the most interesting, the music that, um, in most people's opinion, uh, that's very, been very emotional has been one where the, uh, the performer the musician has been able to articulate very, very subtle gestures with instruments like the violin, or it could be the guitar, or the clarinet, or, or um, <coughs> reed bowed uh, flute, trumpet, any of those instruments. And so um, uh, we're going to be showing three instruments today that uh, I think I would call the only instruments that are able to do that. And um, actually, I'm cheating a little bit because I'm showing one that isn't even released. It's just a prototype. But the main instruments are uh, an excellent instrument uh, from the Eigen Labs company called the Eigen Harp, which is going to be demonstrated by Gert Bevan, a representative of the company and hello. actually one of the senior software engineers of the company. Yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, on my right is uh, Ed Goldfarb, a local uh, area uh, pianist and composer, uh, producer, who is going to be demonstrating another excellent instrument called the Continuum. Uh, and uh, it, this is going to be a... Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you're just going to see the backs of these instruments, uh, but you'll see the real sexy one is over here, the, the Eigenharp. Uh, it's just a beautiful instrument, and, and we've been having a great time this week. We did a, a talk at, um, at Stanford on Thursday night and one at uh, Cal Berkeley at uh, the Sinmat Computer Music School on Friday night. And then uh, last night we were at uh, Music Hackfest. <laughs> so it's been a very, very exciting week while um, uh, Garrett and uh, Neil McDougall, also from the Eigenlabs company, are here from the UK visiting. So uh, it's great to have them, and great to, it's been great to get to know everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, what I'm going to do is start off, and just uh, we're going to do some quick demonstrations of the three instruments. So my instrument, the third instrument, is one that uh, I call the Linstrument, uh, and it's an instrument uh, that's in prototype form right now. And my particular approach is to take a, um, actually, it wouldn't be a bad idea right. if you don't mind being my microphone stand. <laughs> um, and what this does is it takes, um, a multi-touch pressure-sensitive surface, and it um, allows me to articulate notes by um, pressure being applied to the uh, the expression of the note, and the x-axis, uh, left and right, being uh, mapped to the um, pitch of the note, and then the y-axis, uh, going back and forth uh, this way, is mapped to the timbre of the note. And you can do that polyphonically, and I'll show you that in a song. Um, now, actually, who here is familiar with uh, the general principles of analog synthesis, like oscillators and filters and such, right? Well, what you're going to hear when I demonstrate this 
is merely, e each of the voices you'll hear polyphonically is merely a, a standard synthesizer pulse wave, which sounds kind of like a buzzsaw, and a low-pass filter. And that's it. There's nothing more. There are no envelope generators. And the reason is, is I have three envelope generators right here <laughs> in my finger. I have three more here. I have three more here, right? So, um, actually, Sean, could I have about four times the volume level? Because I play it softly, and I, that, way, that way you can hear the articulations better. Got a high, very high-tech microphone stand also. That's about one and a half times. So, um, <coughs> what I'm going to play is a, a, just a brief uh, piece. Uh, it's, it's box air on a G-string. And the reason I chose this is because uh, uh, a reason that's very important to me. This was the piece that was demonstrated last year by a very dear friend named Max Matthews. Uh, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and so in memory of Max, I'd like to perform a, a uh, short segment of um, Bach's Air on a G-String with a very simple arrangement that I'm actually able to play. Again, if you've ever played a just a pulse waveform on a synthesizer, it sounds quite a bit different. But just the mere fact of being able to vary the pressure for expression, in this case, varying the volume and the low pass filter frequency, we have it about maybe six times louder than maybe I can get it to twice as loud. Thanks. Oh, I see. There's, there's two there. That's better, yeah. Uh, but once again, I think the thing that's so dramatic is that um, when you do have a proper um, performance articulation source, the simplest of waveforms and the simplest of synthesizer sounds can sound so beautiful. That's actually a little bit too loud. I can take it all of it, Sean. But in the same way, if you play any uh, a true acoustic instrument and you're able to, for example, on a violin, do a vibrato and then uh, change the bowing technique and, um, and uh, on our guitar you can do things with muting. We combine these gestures intuitively after learning an instrument. And so what we're trying to do here is make instruments that, that provide those same articulations and therefore provide a very beautiful and very natural sound. But at the same time, we keep the world of synthesis uh, and, and uh, excuse me, the, the world of software that's come along with uh, new keyboard instruments. So for example, on this instrument, any time I put my finger within the region of the note, it's instantly quantized, so I have frets there. But once I place my finger, it, sorry, <laughs> once I place my finger there, then it takes the frets off, and now I can slide around. So it has frets now, it now has no frets. And just a simple thing like that uh, makes a, an instrument far, far easier to play, and uh, um, 
uh, for example, I was, uh, Gary was up at uh, our house yesterday and, and um, I was just marveling at the, the cello that he has on his instrument that you'll hear in a moment and, uh, or, or sometime during the demonstration. And uh, it just made a smile come to my face because I'd never been able to play a cello in tune before. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. So um, would you like to do a demonstration? Yeah. Okay. I can be your uh, microphone stand. <coughs> not needed yet because I'm just going to talk a little bit first. Okay, yeah. But what I find very interesting when uh, when I watch, for example, for example, Roger play and also Ed, is um, is all of a sudden we're playing electronic instruments where we're extremely stressed out to play in tune. That's right. <laughs> it's it's as if you're playing the guitar again, or if you're playing like a stringed instrument. It's it's not only remembering where the notes are, but it's making sure that you hit them on the right spot and that you don't do anything stupid, which, uh, which I think is part of the performance, right? And I, I like that a lot. It's, it, you know, it, get, it, it makes it live. So, um, so let me try this short cello piece. Um, this is not really an established piece because I kind of had to uh, rush the demos because we knew about three weeks ago that we were going to come here. So, um, and I'm not an official demonstrator, so I just... You know, play around in my at home with some sounds on the eigenharp, and uh, so this is just going to be a tech demo of, of of what the cello on the eigenharp can sound like. Um, so let's do that. <laughs> So as you could see, there is a touch strip at the bottom here that responds to the slightest little movement of my of my fingers, um, which is what makes these the, these instruments so expressive. Because every single body movement becomes part of the envelope, and which also makes them actually impossible to keep under control. So all we're trying to do is to play the best we can on them, which is what we also do on a traditional instrument. And there is always this element of chaos. There's always this element of personal interpretation and of uh, your own body language and your own muscles that translates in the way you play these instruments. Um, let me just do another quick demo of, a, of, of another way you could uh, sh just play this cello, just, just very briefly. The keys down here have the same sensitivity as the keys at the top, which is they're sensitive in three dimensions, just as uh, on the instruments they respond to pressure, pitch, and then uh, filter control, which is not hooked up now. But since they're so sensitive, I can basically just slightly brush over them and the direction will be determined as being the direction of the bow and uh, this will become the bowing of the cello. 
So this is this really allows people to um, to express themselves in various ways with the same same sound, but through different controls. Just interject that that uh, it looks like these are just on-off switches, they're buttons. But each one actually, it took them is four years to develop. Uh, there's 120 of them, and each one is extraordinarily sensitive and repeatable from from key to key uh, in its ability to uh, sense the movement, not only the pressure, but also the tilting left to right and the tilting back to forth. And yet, if you look at this thing up close, which I want you to come up afterwards, um, you'll see that the tolerance is just perfect on this thing. It's just a wonderfully engineered instrument, and that's reflected in the way you play it. And I think also in the way you feel about it when you actually hold this thing. It's incredible. So, yeah, maybe because we don't have as much time as usual, maybe it's time for, for Ed to do a short demo on the continuum. I can probably start mumbling about the instrument while we're doing the technical aspects of it. This is the Hawking Continuum. It is set up... Um, more or less like a keyboard instrument with a, with black and white keys or a, or um, red and black keys as the case may be. Um, how did I explain it to my mom? Uh, I I said it was kind of a, a fretless piano, a, fr a fretless keyboard controller, and um, and she said, "Oh, okay, I understand that. So how do you play it in tune?" And um, what I said was, "Well, you don't, <laughs> but um, but you try to get close and." Um, as Geert intimated, that that's where the action is, you know, when when there's an element of um, of total panic associated with an instrument, that's where your real artistry is going to come out. Um, so it um, the continuum operates as a MIDI controller, and it um, it's also available with a breakout box for the MIDI stuff um, that you can um, you know, turns the MIDI output into control voltages and you can control analog synthesizers with it and I, um, I, I do that a fair amount and it's also got some really beautiful modeled and FM based built in sounds which is what I'm going to show you now. Let me see which sound I've got lined Mr. up here. One, one quick thing that may, be, may not be obvious though is that uh, um, actually the width of each semitone is equal on the keyboard and it's just kind of like a mouse pad, it's sort of squishy. And it recognizes, once again, your pressure, and it allows you to, if you play on a C, you can just slide right up to an E or wherever you want. And, hey man, how you doing? Uh, and Are it rolls. Are we overdriven? Yeah, that sounds good. But then the last thing is you can move your finger forward and backward for yet another tangible change. So in the same way, all these instruments are giving you three degrees of control uh, over each note and polyphonically. So uh, go ahead and uh, play that squishy thing. Here's an FM sound, and I'm you are the envelope. So gradually pressing down on the Z axis, we get more. So I can do tremolo like that, and as I move across the Y axis here, we're changing the FM index. I just started playing the blues on this thing, so let's... Not with the flute. The flute's cool, but... Ah, here we go. Okay.
I don't know if, if you were able to, to tell from hearing it, but it's doing two forms of uh, frets, quantization of pitch. One is the initial touch, so anywhere you land your finger within that semitone is, is similar to on the instrument where it, it quantizes it first, and then it tracks all your movements. But then when you move, uh, if you haven't moved too much, then it says, well, I guess he wants to land there. I'll just snap him onto pitch there. So you could take one chord and just move it right up to another chord, and it would snap into place. So it really does help you a lot, <coughs> and you can control those parameters, how much it snaps, how much it doesn't snap. Now, one of the things that um, uh, is common to all these instruments is that... Uh, um, that often uh, gets uh, strange questions from the audience, not in this one because this is a hip crowd, but uh, is people say, well, that's very nice, you're making some nice sounds, but why didn't you just use a piano or a guitar layout? And why, why, don't, why do I have to change and learn an entirely new uh, system of, of playing the instrument, a new interface to the instrument? But um, uh, my answer to that is, is that uh, we've been uh, constricted by these, these horribly limited interfaces for centuries, and it's time to do something new. And we're no longer uh, tied to the instrument also being used as a sound generator. So for example, on a piano, um, all the notes are in a long line. So if I try to play, play the piano, which I don't do very well, I have to always look left to my left hand or look right to my right hand, because they're all in a line. And that was necessary, because you had to have a string behind each key. Another thing about a piano is the interface was created at a time when people were doing mostly simple major and minor scales in music. And so you've got all those white keys, and the black keys are kind of put around the back, so you don't have to deal with those ones, those accidentals. <laughs> the, we want to play the naturals. We don't want to play the accidentals. But the trouble with that is, although it works great for playing um, nursery rhymes and very simple songs, um, if you want to do anything else, it makes it more difficult. And particularly, if you're trying to play, for example, a major chord, in the key of C, it's one fingering. It's a different fingering in the key of C sharp, a different one in D, a D, a different one in, in D sharp. So you have to learn 12 different fingerings for a single chord just to play in the 12 different keys. And all of these instruments exhibit a new quality called isomorphism, which means all you have to think about is one gesture. And then to play it in a different key, you simply move it to a different position. And I think that's a, a marvelous advantage right there. And it will uh, cause a whole new generation of, uh, of musicians to not have to learn music theory. But, <laughs> which is probably one of the reasons why guitarists tend to not have as much music theory, because when they want to change keys, they can just slide up the neck. Right? But what I find actually interesting is, um, at the same time, it makes music theory visual, because yes. every time you play that pattern, you will recognize that the same step upwards will always be the same interval. There will no, be no exceptions. Mm -hmm. So um, even though you'd have to learn less about music theory to play it, I think you learn it much easier mm -hmm. while you're playing it. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I think that people that will be picking it up as their first instrument might be learning more about music theory in mm -hmm. the end. Could be, yeah, certainly. Uh, the guitar has a similar problem. Uh, well, first of all, it goes out of tune, which seems kind of silly. You know, if you go to a, a major concert, they've always got a guy running up and giving the guy a new guitar after every song, right? Because it's easier to tune up. Uh, but the other problem with the guitar is that you've got that, uh, that pesky third interval <coughs> between the, the G and the B strings, which makes it also non-isomorphic. So if you want to play a, a triad, you have three different positions based on which strings you play it across. And so, for example, on the instrument, being an electronic instrument, I can tune it however I want. Well, of course, a guitar could be tuned that way as well. But the way I've done it, I've got... This is sort of the best of the both worlds of a guitar and a piano. Uh, the, the dark areas are the black keys, and the white areas are the white keys. And I've got basically rows of... Well, it's not on now, but these are rows of chromatics offset by fours. And I prefer to have them all fours, and I have eight strings. So, but you could tune it like a guitar as well. 
But it really is, uh, it's, it's anybody who's worked on a guitar in both normal guitar tuning and in forest tuning, if they're trying to do complex music, they find that the forest tuning is, is much, much easier because you have that, that wonderful advantage of isomorphism. Pat Martino plays in forest a lot of the time, and he says for complex pieces, he just can't do it on normal uh, guitar tuning. So these are, are new ways to try and uh, make the playing of music easier and also to provide a more uniform interface that you can use for different sounds. You know, that was the promise of the, the electronic music synthesizer was that by disconnecting the keyboard from the sound generator, you could just use the keyboard and play any sounds. But if anyone ever has heard a sax solo played on a, on a, on a black and white keyboard, you know that that's not the case. So um, let's see, what are we doing on time here? It's 5.15. So um, I think what we could do is take, uh, um, we could, if there's any questions, questions that pop up, just go ahead and say them, and we'll also play it some more. Uh, anyone there? Uh, right, that's you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, please uh, wait for the microphone to come to you. Thank you. I was wondering, for someone who um, has never played the music, uh -huh. so uh, I guess I was playing the piano and the flute, so I'm, I wouldn't be that person, but do you feel that those kinds of instruments could actually bring um, people with... Uh, you know, in engineering and technology bent to maybe um, be more inclined to try playing music and an instrument and it's being less kind of, uh, I don't feel I'm an artist, but it's still my same medium, maybe I can try. Do, do, have you experienced anything it's an like ex that? It's an excellent question. I think it, uh, um, I'm, what I'm actually trying to do with these instruments in part is to reverse a trend and that's people not learning instruments. The instrument of today is uh, either a, a turntable or a computer and people combine loops. And it's funny, I'll, I'll often talk to people who, um, who are like a DJ crowd and I'll say, this new instrument is, uh, it does these things called notes. They're like loops, but they're smaller. <laughs> <coughs> But the, uh, uh, I can see what's going on. I think if someone wants to just make music, uh, uh, they get the instant gratification because they can just combine loops together and excite a crowd, and that's wonderful. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But the trouble is I think a lot of uh, um, loop-oriented musicians are finding that um, the frustration that everything sounds the same uh, and they can't get down to the level of atomization of changing notes. Or they know a few things on a keyboard, but they find the keyboard frustrating, and if they want to go to another instrument, they have to step back into the mechanical age. And so I think uh, if you think about it, pretty much all instruments except for piano and guitar are becoming obsolete. No one chooses to learn them. I think if, if, uh, uh, if a young person chooses to, or a young person plays violin, it's often because his or her parents have encouraged him or her to do so. And so it's, it's a difficult situation. I would like those, those instruments to survive. But at the same time, I'm more focused on letting the beautiful expressive music qualities of music survive. And so I think that these instruments uh, not only uh, can be much more approachable for a, a, a young musician. Uh, for example, I was saying that when I played the cello on the eigenharp, I was thrilled because I could actually hit the notes. Because on a cello, it's almost impossible for me anyway to put my finger in the right place. I'll, I'll get about five notes that are good, and then I'll hit a bad one. I can't do it. So I think they're wonderfully uh, easier to do, and I don't have any problem whatsoever in making the process easier as long as you produce the same result. You know, some purists will say, oh, you can't do that. You have to learn to play the violin, and you have to learn those tiny little places that you can put your finger. I don't care about that. I think it's, it's fine to be able to, uh, to produce virtuosic violin music, uh, even if the instrument lets you do it better. Then you can focus on the notes you're playing, uh, expressing the notes, and not on, on playing in perfect uh, tune, you know. And I think there is also an element there, which is um, what we're seeing in, in, in games, music games like, um, uh, what's it called again? Uh, rock bands and uh, stuff like that, where they try to create 
not real instruments, but that are coming closer and closer to real instruments. While these are real instruments, and you can let people ease into it by just changing the key layout. So you could um, you could start playing out. Can I can I have some sound? Oh, I, 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 I just over to you. You can um, you can start playing with just playing in the same scale without any problems. You're playing in a major scale, right? So they can't, they really can't make any accidental accidental mistakes but once they learn how to play in the major scale and they feel comfortable and just are used to the whole physicality of the instrument then they can move on and they can say well now I'm gonna make it difficult for myself and I'm going to change the keyboard layout to have the accidentals which means that there is a gradual path towards learning and it's not instantly that huge cliff where you have to learn the physicality of the instrument, have to learn how to be expressive, and at the same time have to combine that with music theory, um, which is where the mechanical age actually forced that on you, because as, as Roger said, you're tied to what generates the sound, which is strings or which is uh, the wind that blows through, uh, through, through a wind instrument. You're tied to the physicality of that instrument, while with these instruments, uh, Basically, you lay them out however you want, and um, you can do some very interesting things with that. Um, there are some people, for example, changing. So this this is the oops, this is the this is the little eigenharp. A lot of people are actually picking this up when they're playing wind instruments, and by by default, it is arranged to to go that direction upwards in the in frequency. But they're used to playing it the other way around, so they just switch. The, the, the notes around and they're in, in no known territory right why why make it difficult for yourself it's all about expressing and ex expression and and and, uh, and emotions coming across right I should mention also that the eigenharp uh, there's actually three different models there's the small one the the uh, Pico which is only seven hundred dollars and to me that's that's absolutely amazing that it has this wonderfully engineered uh, wind controller for doing expressive stuff and it has 18 of these these beautiful three-dimensional keys and it also has a strip controller for doing the bowing as well and a bunch of other tricks and bells and whistles and I think it's it's pretty amazing they also have a middle one that's about three thousand dollars and this is the top of the line this is uh, close to seven thousand dollars but yeah, six thousand dollars. But it's it's just uh, uh, yeah, right. I think of it as because it's so great. <coughs> uh, but it's it's um uh, it's just a, 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 a wonderful, uh, wonderfully engineered and designed and, and beautifully uh, uh, crafted instrument as well. So I think it's just a steal actually, even at that price. And by the way, the uh, the continuum. How much are they now for this one? Uh, About three thousand. I think yeah. I think I think this is thirty six, and then they've got one that's um. It's twice as twice as long, and uh, and that's fifty two, I believe. Yeah. Of course, each key can send out its own message, be whatever note you wanted or whatever. So the the big one, you control a whole arsenal of synths or what have you with that. Well, I think um, probably a lot of questions are answered just by um, sound. So uh, would you like to just to hear a few more sounds in these instruments? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you, as long as you're hooked up, why don't you play something else? Then we something I'm, I'm already hooked in, I think. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll choose first, and yeah. so that we don't have to block okay. all the time. Um, I'm just checking because I'm getting at the end of the day here, and I've been, I've been going on for uh, since eight, eight, eight o'clock in the morning. So, okay. so this is. Um, it's quite a neat little patch that I set up. So you've got the same aspects, you've got a response to velocity, response to pitch, but at the same time, you've got this little scraping sound going on. 
when you go to the other direction. And it's based on a sampled model of a, a traditional instrument which is called uh, Le Cristal by Bachet. And it's a very interesting instrument because it has horizontal glass rods that you play with wet fingers. And they uh, make uh, metal sheets vibrate that are uh, mounted vertically and they fill up an entire room. Um, and that's also something that I like a lot because I will never be able to play Le, that instrument, Le Cristal. But I still can have a physical uh, connection to sounds that are vaguely similar with an instrument that's very expressive and not just played on a keyboard where everything goes on by its own, right? So um, I will try to play a little reinterpretation of uh, Koyanis Katsi, which is uh, um, the opening of a, of a movie where Philip Glass wrote the score for. That's also something I like, just the way, the fact that I move around, you can hear that it has an influence on the key, because it's impossible for me to stay No, this is when you do demos that are ad hoc. Um, I switched, so normally I'm playing this in a major scale, but I switched to a chromatic scale to, to demo the last little remark I made, and um, it kind of threw me off. I've done that with the guitar. I'll be in an open tuning, and I'll forget I'm in an open tuning. Nice modeled flute sound on this instrument. Yeah. 
So while we're making the connections, something else that I um, I want to bring across that I find very important actually in uh, in instruments, and that's the element of performance. Um, when I play with my band guitar on stage, I like to get to the front and to look at the girls and uh, to try to get some kind of eye contact and. Um, and I think that is something that we're missing nowadays because uh, when you're playing loops and when you're triggering stuff, you're like behind your computer and just trying to figure out what goes on and all of a sudden you do like this and then you just continue. And <laughs> it doesn't really work, right? And um, I think that is where the music actually happens which is when you play it on stage and you can really perform and, and your body goes together with what is being played at that time, then sometimes, just very rarely, but sometimes, you're able to transcend yourself as a musician. You do something extraordinary that you never actually expected to be able to do. You'll never be able to do it again afterwards, and you hope that someone has it on tape. But it's great to have these isolated moments. And a lot of people have lost that, have lost that joy of trying to reach this, this well, this transcendence of music, actually. So I think that that's a, a very important part of it, and uh, which is where the eigenharp is actually ac quite unique, since you can you can see that I can just stand up with it, and it, it, it's like a guitar hangs off a harness, and I can move around on stage, and it's totally self-contained. I haven't plugged it in here. I can plug in an ear monitor inside in the eigenharp to hear myself play, and I have a microphone here. Normally, you shouldn't be able, shouldn't be holding it, but I could turn this on, and be you know self-contained and be totally alone with my instrument on stage with one cable, no computers, and I'm playing it as a traditional instrument. And I think that's an important point to make. So um, let, let's switch to another quick demo, which is really just a, a tech demo that usually people are like, wow, but it's a, a nice little demo. It's um, a demo of a, of, of a guitar sound. So um, this is an acoustic guitar. That is, um, so what I did again here is I changed the tuning of the keys so that the, these five rows are tuned as the five upper rows of a guitar. Um, it will detect the chords that I'm playing and it will add the notes of the bottom row based on the whole collection of standard chords that it knows about. And then here at the bottom, at these keys, I actually have the first six keys that correspond to the first strings, out of the six strings of a guitar. So and that's also something that's an, that's an element that has been a little bit lost in, uh, in in the you know current music making is that element of ex experimentation. When when people in this you know in the sixties when they discovered distortion on guitars and when they start you know experimenting with all these new sounds that are physical that are part of the instrument, the way of playing it, not just stuffing some effects on it, right? Um, I think that is also a very interesting way of working with instruments. Just like with a continuum, you can do s similar things. You can tune it differently. You can experience. There is this 
beautiful sound in the continuum. So I've got a continuum also at home, so I know a little bit what's in there. And there is this beautiful sound that uh, models an, an iron rod that you can actually scrape over. And as you, mo as you move your fingers back and forth, it's a little bit like those uh, horizontal glass rods of, the, of Le Cristal. And it's so visceral. You can really feel the scraping going on because that surface has this little bit of scraping quality to it. And it, it's immediately connected to the instrument. So yeah, you can be become very creative again with what sounds do tied to the physicality of the instrument. And not only just something that you trigger and then plays. Can you do the, uh, the wind sound or the clarinet? Yeah, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that. Uh, one of the things that's very nice is it has this very, very well-engineered wind controller on it that's very sensitive, and so he has a, he's going to do a sound of a clarinet. And by the way, these sounds also are, are much, very much part of the instrument. They're not just samples. They're uh, not, some of them are samples, but most of them are actual physical models, so they respond uh, to these parameters just like the real instrument would. And they're very, very well-designed, I must say. there's any uh, in particular more I'd like to take more questions and, and we'd like to also uh, uh, soon let people up come up and actually do the lands on if you'd Can like you to for the Agonharp Sort of like a keyboard split, you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah sure. And you can layer them. You. Yeah, I think you can actually have uh, yeah. four different ones in the, or more. You can even you know, make sounds of two rows if you want to. It's yeah, it's one one different instrument for every button. <laughs> uh, in the back, right? I think your hand was first. Do you have the level of control where you could actually? Sorry. Do you have the level of control where you actually could do a Martin versus a, a Gibson acoustic? I mean, how, how fine is the control? Well, the, mod, no, the guitar that I just played, the acoustic one, is basically a sampled guitar. So in that aspect, yes, it just requires other samples. And I had, don't have them loaded now, but I, I could load them. So, so yes, this is totally possible. The dynamics came from multi-samples, which is easier for guitar because it tends to be steady state once you pick the string. The nature of all three of the instruments is pretty much they're an open, th yeah, they're an open canvas. They e each one of them, any uh, any particular key, um, whether it's you know set up like the keyboard or in Rogers Grid or the Eigenharp, any one of those keys can send out anything. They could all be C sharp if you wanted. They could all be different notes, practically with different sounds, especially if you're triggering multi multi-sampled 
patches. The other thing too is these instruments all uh, send out open sound control in addition to MIDI. So you're, if you're a, uh, it seems like you're people that know about this sort of stuff, you're probably aware of MIDI's limitations. It's very good if you want to disconnect a keyboard from a keyboard synth sound, but it has quite a few limitations otherwise. And the open sound control allows you to have the high resolution sending of many parameters at once at high speed. So uh, this gentleman here had a question. I'd just like to thank you for something that happened to me in the early 80s. Um, I had a recording studio in London and uh, we were sitting there struggling with drum tracks and uh, <laughs> someone brought in the, un <laughs> the unspeakable machine, um, which you're familiar with, and uh, it changed everything. Thank you, well, thank uh, you. for that. Thank you very um, much. The first Lindrum, I mean, wow. wow. We were like, this really changes everything. And then we, we had our first hit. I've been in a few bands over the years. We had our first hit using it and so on. Mm -hmm. um, but what I wanted to talk to you about here is actually to do with these instruments. And uh, I've been a guitar player for 40 years and yeah. um, recently took up the trumpet. And That's a uh, weird switch. Yeah, it's a long story why. Um, <laughs> it's to do with meditative reasons more than anything. But I've been very used to playing synths and keyboards and guitars. And the thing that I've really found with the trumpet is there's, there's a sort of not only a spiritual connection with having to make the synapses fire to learn to do the notes, but there's a haptic feedback intrinsic in all real instruments. And in my personal opinion, there are very few, even this instrument, they don't give you that sense of feedback. They don't mm -hmm. talk back to you. They don't squeeze back. When you, when you play the trumpet, my lip hurts and my arm, and it, and it hurts. When I play a synth, I'm like, well. These instruments are pain free. They're pain-free, and I'm. I'm not. My, my question to you is: Is that an? Is that something you consider, or do you think that's not part of the, we the learning? We consider adding a bunch of needles on it. It's just. An <laughs> it's an optional. It's an optional package, and you can install it in the middle of the keys. Um, but no, just, 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 just to, to answer your question, um, there is actually a high degree of haptic, haptic, haptic feedback that I know of, you know, because I've played a continuum and I play a lot of the eigenharp. The way the surface reacts to the way you play. Don't make any mistakes. If you try want to play well, you will start feeling pain because you've been practicing a lot, and you will start start feeling cramps. And in the same way as these keys, you've got to make a huge effort. You don't hear it that much because I've been playing for an hour a day for a year just to try to hit them in the middle. Mm -hmm. um, but if you start playing on it, you will totally miss, miss the spot constantly. So after several hours of playing, you will start feeling ac feeling pains. And actually, it's funny. Um, there is a guy. <laughs> there is a guy that tweeted just yesterday, th I think. He said, uh, I think I developed a new condition. I've got an eigenharp elbow, and it appears after five hours of practicing. <laughs> yeah, I almost couldn't do these demos because I was having trouble with a, a knot in my back that was caused by by playing this instrument so yeah they're they'll they'll hurt you for sure and and there's <laughs> and I've also experienced I, I mean I'm only able to do what I am able to do on this instrument because of the tactile feedback that it presents you know it, it may not be the same thing as a trumpet or a violin but it's it's arguably comparable in the experience it's very even if even if it's not an acoustic instrument, I do feel that it is an organic instrument and it's unique. I think all three of these instruments are unique in that they provide an organic performance experience with myriad sounds. So it's pretty, it, it's, it's pretty wild. It's like if you could turn your violin into a cello or something and, you, and you're still playing on the fretboard. But of course, that's only two instruments, and and here we're there's um you know there's an unlimited number of instruments that you can have that emotional connection with. Uh, my take on it is uh, uh, 
um, obviously, I'm more of a designer and engineer first, so I, I just think um, do a surgical stripe, take out the bad stuff and keep the good stuff. But I think that uh, we all have associations with the old instruments, and, and ultimately there will be new associations with these instruments. I think uh, um, one of the hardest things we have to deal with is, is um, uh, people who, uh, uh, and this is, I think while we're doing this all together, is that we, we face a common enemy, and that's the perception that, that musical instruments should only be made from wood and brass and, and frets and strings and horsehair and things like that. And so part of what we're doing here is just trying to spread the gospel <laughs> of new instruments and that there, um, there are advantages because a lot of people just, they've drawn a line at a certain point saying there is nothing that should exist past this, this point. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but I think as people do adopt them and as there becomes uh, more of a tipping point, which I feel is coming soon, I, I think that we're all going to have new emotional associations and new physical sensations with these instruments uh, that, that will replace the old ones. Uh, this gentleman. Thank you. Um, I, I appreciated your, your discussion earlier about, um, and I appreciate the, the ap approach to new interfaces to uh, interact with and create sound, um, with obvious, which is obvious with all those interfaces. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on um, things like the iPad as a new medium for people to interface with sound. I've, I've, um, I've worked in music technology for mm -hmm. um, DigiDesign, Avid Pro Tools for, mm -hmm. for many years, and a musician myself, played guitar, grew up doing that, and I'm having the most fun doing songwriting with weird, trippy applications that I'm downloading from my, on my iPad for, if nothing else, free or $2 mm -hmm. or whatever. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think the iPad is absolutely miraculous. Uh, I have one, and it's 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 just a great way to experience new ideas. Unfortunately, as a musical instrument, it's very very poor because it has no response to pressure. Um, it uh, and it's also very actually. You can think of this as an iPad with pressure, uh, but if you take away the pressure, you're basically playing an electronic organ uh, that can maybe wiggle some pitch and things like that, but but not much more. At the same time, the resolution is also extremely poor. Yeah, the resolution is very. It's very good for for finding um, for hitting a big. Uh, button yeah. with your finger, but if you try to do something that really was uh, subtly nuanced in music, it wouldn't work very well. Interestingly enough, the iPad does sense finger surface area, but at very, very coarse resolution. There's a music app called um, Musician, um, and uh, that that is a grid just like this. But the funny thing is, is that the programmer tried to put this uh, uh, sensing a finger surface area, so you f the flat of your finger would be louder, for example, than the tip of your finger. But Apple won't accept apps with it because they plan to change this in the API, I guess, and they want to keep it clean. But uh, he wanted to get in, so he has a back door in it. There's a little, there are two control buttons on the bottom of it that he calls, they're both purple. He calls it the purple paradiddle. If you play a paradiddle on those two buttons, it turns on this back door feature. <laughs> and you <laughs> but it, it's, I think ultimately there will be uh, some pressure sensing in screen interfaces uh, because the, the problem with the current crop of them is that with a mouse or a trackpad you can drag and click. With these new ones you can't drag, all you can do is click. There's only one interface to it so you have to look where you're pressing and then press <coughs> and that's why the buttons are so huge. But if there were some levels of pressure there which you'd be able to do would be to just drag your finger around with a light touch and maybe the cursor would be about a quarter inch above it and when you find a tiny button on Ableton Live or on uh, Adobe Illustrator you could just press harder and press that button but as it stands now that's that's why all the buttons in iOS have to be massive uh, because they're expecting you to place your thumb or your finger right on it and hit it immediately. Uh, but I think it will, uh, once, I guess the short answer is I think they will improve, but right now they're not particularly good for, uh, for true uh, musical performance, more for control. That's my opinion anyway.
but I think it absolutely excels at control. Um, you know, have, having this blank canvas where you can basically put sliders any which way you like, and for example, use Touch OSC to to, to control your synths, uh, various parameters on stage. We we also do that with the Eigenhop. We've got a software that runs on the iPad, allows you to control it for uh, various aspects of the instruments. Um, and at that, at those things, it's absolutely marvelous. De definitely, but then you're you know, you're controlling, right? So, which is kind of the point that we're trying to make is that there are now instruments that are of high enough resolution so that you're not controlling anymore. You're actually, the sound is intimately tied to the tiniest little bits of variations that you yeah. have in your fingers, but which is where it all comes from. Sorry. But as an, no, as an introduction to that kind of thing, to be able to think beyond the, the normal instrument control paradigms and explore that stuff. The, the iPad is an amazing Definitely. gateway drug, yeah, if you sure. will, you know. And when you're no longer getting the buzz off the iPad, we can hook you up. You know? <laughs> well, um, um, actually, on that note, I noticed it is 5.45, so there are hours up. But what I'd like you to, one of the great things about being at the end of the day is, is nobody's going to kick you out. So I'd like you to um, uh, just come on up and touch Except and feel the instruments and ask your questions. And um, so thank you very much for your time.